Let's go to Romans 10:17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Yes. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Yes. How does faith come? Hearing. By hearing or seeing? Hearing. Or hearing or smelling? Hearing. hearing. Yes. Keep that in mind. Read Genesis 3:8. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Yes. So what they heard, the sound of the Lord God. Yes. They what? Heard. Is hearing part of faith? Or part of the five senses we have? Five senses. Five senses. So it has nothing to do with faith. Yes, you could say that before the fall of man, Adam could see through faith God himself. Yes? But after the fall of man, which we are studying, (laughs) Adam could only hear the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden, yes? yes Is hearing part of faith? Mm. Is hearing, I'm asking you. No, hearing is not faith. Mm. Hearing is physical. Last time I checked, it was, yes? Now remember, I'm teaching you about the fall of man. But if I study of the Bible, does not lead us to a deeper relationship, an encounter with God, then it simply is adding to our tendency towards spiritual pride. You know a lot more, and therefore, you're a lot more proud. That is not the aim of the study. It's a relationship, a deeper relationship and encounter with God. In Kwanai Canal, I had encounter sessions. I told many people, yes, they call themselves Christians, but they have yet to have an encounter with the living God. Because you judge a tree by the fruit. Do you understand? There must be some fruit to show that you had an encounter, not just by name. Oh, I went to a Catholic convent. Good for you. Good for the nuns there also. Maybe it was bad for the nuns there. I don't know. If you are anything like me, it's not good for the nuns there. Do you understand? You judge a tree by the fruit, yes? Go to John 5.39. Search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Yes. So, who's talking here? Jesus. And who's Jesus talking to? To the Pharisees. Who's searching the scriptures? You should know. What does the Bible say? Who's Jesus talking to? Is nobody going to answer me or... We're going to sit till, till next year or till Jesus comes? And, uh, Pharisees. Pharisees, yes. Which verse says that? 
a miracle which they were against for whatever reasons so what did i speak about before if our study of the bible does not lead it, lead us to a deeper relationship with jesus and an encounter with god then all it does is add to our spiritual pride which is what the pharisees said out of spiritual pride you should not do this it's sabbath heal somebody when it's not sabbath <laughs> do you understand what i'm saying yes be careful about the motives behind why you were searching out for god or the knowledge is it to know jesus or is it just for the sake of knowledge if it's just for the sake of knowledge is going to make you proud and it's not going to you're not going to bear fruit or have an encounter with god and this whole exercise of me teaching you and you sitting here and learning will be futile am i making sense Yes. See, go to John 10:16. And the other sheep I I have which are not of this fold, them also are my friend, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Yes. And they will hear what? My voice. My voice. They will what? Yes. Hear. Does hearing again require faith? No. Do you understand? they will hear my voice do you understand now hearing obeying all that it we're not going to look into it but it is his voice that we are to know also <clears throat> we can only know his voice when we know the scriptures otherwise we do not know what his voice says mm-hmm. he can say things like you you can make a voice say like things like jump off this building but that's not jesus yes but it is jesus's voice that we are to know that is what makes us a christian we we must diligently study the scripture remembering that it is not in knowing jesus that the greatest remembering that it is in knowing jesus that the greatest truths in scripture will be understood in knowing jesus why did he come what did god have in mind what was god's plan did you understand that yes they did not the pharisees or the jews did not understand god's will or the plan they said no scripture says you should not do anything on saturday so you should not even put push the elevator button did you understand on the other hand you have the devil tempting jesus with scripture itself so knowing his voice is an experience you must not only have the logos but you must know hear his voice both together makes you a christian a child of god and jesus is he there with us today 
You should know exactly what you're saying. If I'm an unbeliever, I ask you, where's Jesus then? How can you prove that? Who's with you now? The Holy Spirit. And what are you a witness of? Is there anything miraculous that you can show? Is there anything to see? Do you understand? You can argue till the cows come home, but that is not a sign that you are from God. A Muslim can argue, a Buddhist can argue, an atheist can argue. Do you understand? You can argue even about a coconut tree if you want. Do you understand? You can debate about anything, but is there fruit in your life? Do you understand? And this is what I was checking to see among the pastors for my healing. Is there fruit? Or is there just preaching? Gathering a thousand people together. That's all good. But what is the fruit of that? Do you understand? I need healing. I need it to be real. Do you understand? And if that is not real and you can talk all, all kind of nonsense, good for you, but have nothing to do with me. I want what is real. Is that clear? Authenticity is what we all seek. Do you understand? And in my life, I know that I know that I'll be healed completely. Mark my words, write this down. Do you understand? When when I get healed, you don't say, I told you so. No. There'll be a lot of people to say that. Do you understand? But have faith in God. Faith doesn't involve any senses, but it uses our senses. We must know the voice of God. And faith comes by Hearing. Do you understand? What? The Word of God. So you must study diligently the Word of God. Go to Ephesians 3.19. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So, to be filled with all the fullness of God, you must have what? The love of Christ, yes? Now, what does the love of Christ do? It passes? Knowledge. Knowledge. What does that mean? No. No, what does passes knowledge mean? If you don't know that alone... You, huh? No. 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 What does passes knowledge mean? Tuki. No, it's not Tuki. No, no, no. You got the exact opposite meaning. Which is beyond knowledge. The love of Christ is beyond knowledge. 
while you were sinners, he died for you. How many of us would do that if we know this person is guilty? Unless you are crooks. God is not a crook. If you don't understand basic English, then how can you understand your Bible? What you are arguing on? Your wrong understanding? Am I clear? Be careful what you hear. And if you if you, if you preach on this saying, "Ah, oh, this is what gives you knowledge." This is wrong preaching. It's like saying God bless you and forsake you. Well, how different are you? It says to know the love of Christ. What is it saying in King James version? And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might... Which surpasses knowledge, yes? Now it doesn't make sense. There is knowledge, and there is the love of Christ, which is beyond that. It's not part of the knowledge. You can say that the knowledge is of good and evil, yes, all that you can say. But the love of Christ is beyond that knowledge. What am I trying to say here? You must have the knowledge of the word of God. But the love of Christ is beyond that. Do you understand that? Yes. We must know the God of the Bible by personal experience. That is beyond knowledge. Do you have a personal experience that you can be a witness of? You can have a personal experience. You can have an encounter. What is happening today is that everybody or most people either they have the wrong experience or they fear deception. Do you understand? Because they are afraid of being deceived, they don't go into anything what they consider spooky. On the other hand, you have people, ah, oh, well, the curtain spoke to me, and therefore, ah, oh, God spoke to me through the curtain. Nonsense. I'm not putting God in a box, but what I'm saying is that you can know God. And the knowledge of Christ surpasses, I mean, the love of Christ surpasses knowledge. And that is what makes you a Christian. Not just knowing the word of God or knowing the spooky stuff. It's a combination of both divided correctly. Am I making sense? Yes? You can have one without the other and you can be completely wrong. <coughs> we must and we can know God of the Bible through personal experience. And that is why Jesus died on the cross to reconcile us to whom? To God. If you if you're not reconciled, you don't, you don't have a personal experience, then how dare you call yourself a Christian? On what basis? Because your grandfather got baptized? Or you got baptized 20 years ago? Or you don't want to go to hell? 
There must be an experience. Like I said, do not fear deception, but study the word of God diligently. But always remember this, that Jesus did not say, my sheep will know my book. What did Jesus say? My sheep will know my voice. It is his voice we are to know. If you know his voice, you know what God is telling you. For example, you take Daniel, the, the person in the Bible. He wrote down exactly what the Lord told him, which was so accurate that when people looked at it, they said it could have been only written after the fact, after these things happened. Because why? They did not have faith. They did not believe that God could reveal or they did not believe in a God at all that could reveal the future as if it happened exactly how it happened. Do you understand? The same way the Lord has spoken to me about certain things. Like for example, you take um, my preaching of the gospel. On one hand, everybody could say, or people have said, that what I preach should be heard throughout the world. But that's not the commission the Lord gave me. The Lord said, make disciples, I'll give you the fall to speak. The sheep to speak my word too. Do you understand? And therefore, it's not to the general public that I'm speaking. It is to the church that I'm speaking. If you take YouTube, for example, I don't want strangers coming into hear what I've said because they may not understand that. If they ask questions to understand that, that's fine. But do you understand? If you just take this talk alone and you don't know what I've preached, you could come through all kind of doctrines. Do, do, do you understand what I'm saying? Yes? All kind of false doctrines. Things that I have not even said. But you can gather from what this talk is what I've implied. <coughs> what I'm trying to say is stay true to your calling. Stay true to your encounter with God. Let God reward you. You have. We all have a commission from God. And follow that. And yes, you will avoid deception by studying the word. But you need his voice to go forward. That rhymes, that's mine, yeah? Do, do you understand, yes? Just not studying the word you need to hear his voice also. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Does not say that in Romans 8.14? Can you read that, please? Romans 8.14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they, these are the sons of God. Yes. So, if you call yourself a Christian, have a reason for it. Don't just do that for the namesake. 
because you are doing yourself, the Lord, and everything and everybody a big injustice. Do you understand? Not only should you know the scriptures, you should have the power of God. Do you understand? You should know the Holy Spirit also. Am I making sense? Yes. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Yes. Am I clear? So all this teaching should draw you closer to God. Who reconcile you to God? Jesus. And what is He? Who has He given you? The Holy Spirit. So be filled with the Holy Spirit. Know God. Don't let just don't just let this be an exercise. Oh yeah, to feel good that you went to church on Sunday. Let there be a fruit in your life. Am I making sense? Let there be a change. Do you understand? Yes. By faith, I'm declaring this over you that this will bear fruit hundredfold. The word of God will bear fruit. Do you understand? Am I clear? Yes. So last week we studied about Satan, about how the serpent deceived Adam and Eve to eat of that tree which was forbidden by God. Yes. Can you go to Genesis three one? Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of the tree of the garden? Yes. So Genesis 3 1 says the serpent was more cunning. So we understood what this word is. We studied about this. What is cunning? What is subtle? Yes, to understand. And this word for serpent is Nahash. Yes, so we understood what Lucifer's real name is. Is this Halal Ben Shakar? We studied all about that. And in Revelation, the serpent is none other than Satan. Yes. So then we we moved on to study about mankind. Yes, and we studied about two trees. One is the tree of life. Yes. The other is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, yes? Then we studied about Eden, yes? In Hebrew, Eden means pleasure. In Septuagint, it means paradise, yes? Um, yes, remember that, yes? Then we studied about death. How death en entered through what? Sin. Sin. Through disobedience, yes? Go to Genesis 3.6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that that it was pleasant to to the eyes and and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took off its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband and her with her husband with her and can you read that to, to, oh yeah. and he ate. he ate yes so 
we understand the woman and the man ate of this tree yes and read romans 5:17 for if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one jesus christ so here we have two contrasting figures one who was through whom death reigned and the one through whom you have everlasting life yes one is the first adam the other adam is jesus christ yes to understand what did god say you should not eat of this tree yes disobeying the word of god that is eve saw the lust of the flesh the lies of the eyes and the pride of life yes to understand and in Christ we are called to bear fruit this is what i was talking about earlier not just knowing the scriptures but bearing fruit of that there must be a good balance of hearing his voice and knowing the scriptures you can't hear his voice without knowing the scriptures well you can technically but do you understand yes but to know what is accurate you must know the scripture to understand otherwise you will be deceived to avoid deception you must know the scripture but you must also hear the voice of god without that you're not the son of god yes who speaks to you not the holy spirit do you understand yes i'm not going to go into that but read 1 john 2:15 and 15 to 17 1 john 2:15 to 17 Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love uh, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of god abides forever yes so here's the will of god which is diametrically opposed to what the world offers so if you want to do the will of god stay away from the world do not love the world remember lot's wife i spoken about this she was told not to look back she looked back yes jesus warned about this that it will be like the days of lot and the days of noah do you understand anyway we will get into that later yes but there was a curse upon four things which are the four things on satan man woman and the earth or the creation yes let's go to genesis 3:15 and i and i will be in and i will put in the between you and the moon and between your seed and earth seed he he shall bruise your head and he you shall bruise his heel is heel yes go to revelation 
He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil, and Satan bound and bound him for thousand years. Yes. So we understand the serpent in the garden is the devil or Satan. Yes. I also told you that we must look back based on our new covenant. So whatever we study is for our knowledge, yes. But if we don't look back from our position in Christ, which I was talking about, study the word of God and hearing his voice, if we don't look back through that, we can misrepresent a lot of things and misunderstand a lot of things, yes? Now, in Genesis 3.15, there's a promise of a redeemer and redemption, yes? Because, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. And he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel, yes? So this is the beginning of God's redemption promises. Do you understand? Now, if you go to Revelation, 17:14 Yes. So this is Revelation 17:14, yes. Those who are with them, who are is italicized. Am I right? In your Bible? Yes, that means those with them are what? Those with them are called, chosen, and faithful. Yes? Now, with them need not be exactly with them at that time, but with Christ. Either you are with Christ or against Christ. Take it at, as that for now. But it talks about three groups. The called the chosen and the faithful. Now, why am I saying, why am I highlighting this now? It is because if you don't understand that, then you call yourself a Christian. What, where do you fit in that? You must know exactly what the Bible says. It's not spooky, yes? There are three groups. What are they? Called, chosen, and faithful, yes? Go to go to Genesis twelve one. Now the Lord said had said to Abraham, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will yeah, that's fine. So this is the call of Abraham, yes? So whose call? Abraham. Uh, the Jews. Do you understand? I'll explain this more later, yes? Right now we are talking about three groups, yes? That are with whom? Christ, yes? First is the called, yes? Go to Jude 1.1. Jude, a bond servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called, sanctified by God the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ. To those who are? Those who are what? Called. Who's Jude writing to? Huh? Church. Yes, the church. But to, but they know about Egypt, Moses, and Balaam. 
who knows about Egypt? Who is delivered from Egypt? Egypt. And who knows about Moses, the law of Moses? The Jews. Who knows about Balaam? The Jews. So he's writing to the Jews who are the called. Read the book, whole book of Job. It's, it's a long chapter. You'll take a whole of the, your Bible reading to read it. No, just read it. Yeah, not today, not now. But mm-hmm. do you understand? I'm being sarcastic, yes. But uh, do you understand? Yes, you must know the distinctions. Otherwise, you will be lost. And a lot of people argue about nonsense because they don't know what is what. Do you understand? I mean, you, you don't know where to start with these kind of people. Do, do you understand? You, except just to tell them to read their Bible and read multiple translations so they, they understand better. Do you understand? Some people don't even read the Bible and they want to argue. Nonsense. <coughs> do you understand? So, who are the called? The Jews, yes? What is the next category? Chosen. chosen. John 15, verse 16. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Yes, who is talking here? Jesus. Ah, so Jesus has chosen us, yes? Does that make sense? Yes? Go to 1 Peter 2.9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who call you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Yes, you are a what? Chosen, chosen generation. Whose Peter talking to? The church. That means you and me, yes? Yes, they're called, called as the Jews, chosen Jews, you and me. Now, one category, faithful. Understanding this, first of all, will set you free and from all lot of errors in the doctrine. Do you understand? Don't think you know more than the Word of God. Don't think your understanding of of word of God is for private interpretation. That's why I'm giving you scripture upon scripture. Do you understand? I'll teach you more about this later. But I want you to know it's not something that I have made up. Do you understand? This is based on the knowledge of the word of God and hearing his voice. Am I clear on this? Yes? It's not upon increasing the number of my view count or the number of the chairs that are filled or increasing the size of this hall. Because you and I are responsible when this life ends to the to our Creator, to our Maker, to our Lord Jesus for what we did. Is that clear? So let's do our job faithfully, yes? Now, Faithfully leads to faithful. Good segue, yes? Smile once in a while, aren't you, yeah? 
Revelation 1 5. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Okay. Remember last week, I do not know whether I was doing the Bible study or during the Sunday talk. I talked about the word accept. If you can accept this, this is good. Or was I talking in the Bible study or was I talking? Not on Sunday. Huh? Not on Sunday, in the Bible study, yeah. Okay. There are certain things with the Lord, what the word says. If you can accept it, then this is it. Do you understand? Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll bring up the teaching when, when, the, when, uh, when we go through that again, yeah. So here, in Revelation 1, 5, says, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, yes? The word witness is transliterated as martyrs. We're talking about the third category, the faithful. Yes? The faithful martyrs. So an analogy of this, the faithful martyr. Did not Jesus die on the cross? Yes? So who are the martyrs spoken about here? Okay, the people who have died for Christ, yes. But in the future, there will be people who die because they don't fit in this category. They're not Jews. They're not the called, but they are the faithful. But the faithful is a martyr. Go to Revelation 13.7. It was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority was given him over every tribe, tongue and nation. Yes. So if authority was given to the Antichrist over every tongue, tribe and nation, that means they are not going to survive. So they are faithful unto death. Therefore, they become a martyr. Am I clear in so far? Yes. Have you understood? I'll talk more about this in detail. But these are the three categories. Yes. Called, chosen, and faithful. They're with who? Christ. Yes. Do you understand? Are you the called? Yes. No. In that, not in this sense, yes? You're the chosen, yes? Because you are the chosen generation. I did not choose you. Oh, you did not choose me, but I chose you, yes? Who was Jesus speaking to? Church. No, who was no he was not speaking to church. He was who was he speaking to? Literally. Don't don't paraphrase and all this nonsense, yeah? Disciples. His disciples. Who were they? They were Jews, yes? yes so they were already called, yes? But among that, among those who are called, he has chosen them, yes? This is different from the calling we have in Christ. In Ephesians. If you, do, if you mix it all up and put it in a blender, you'll come up with Something that will drive you mad. 
Well, because it doesn't make any sense. Like I said, the Bible is not spooky. You must understand that. Meditate on the Word of God to understand that. Take the time out. God is not a grocery store. A person told me he's not coming on Sunday because he needs to rest. I said, your rest and relaxation comes from the Lord, not from you doing, you staying away from the Lord. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, we all need rest. But God has ordained this day for worship. Do you want, do you understand? Yes? Yes. So, anyway. So, Revelation 1, 1 5 talks about Jesus being the faithful witness. And Revelation 13, 7 talk, talks about the Antichrist being given authority. Yes? Over the saints. We are not that category. Am I making sense? Yes? So, with Jesus are the called, chosen, and the faithful. That is the final plan of God. But in the garden, you find that curse because of disobedience. And Jesus restores. Am I clear? Yes? I'm bringing back into the garden. Yeah, In Genesis. Go to Genesis 3.16. The woman said, I will break me, but my reply, you are sorrow and your conception. conception. Anything you shall bring forth children, you shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. Yes, that's fine. So, this is the curse upon the woman, yes? I've heard of women of God testifying on stage before thousands of people that each month when they have their period it's not painful at all. This Pain is part of the curse. But there's a lot more to this curse that we need to be redeemed from. It says, Your desire shall be for your husband. Yet, what it really means is you, your desire shall be to be the head of the family. Or take up the role of your husband. It is part of the curse. <clears throat> like a uh, couple of weeks ago, uh, one of my friends uh, was taking part in a questionnaire. And the question said, Who wears the pants in your family? That means who makes all the decisions. So... My friend said, my husband and I are still fighting over this. We are still discussing this. So the word fighting was scratched out. Do, do you understand? Yes? But this is, they're not saved. Yeah? But this is part of the curse. Do, do you understand? The woman 
shall desire to be the head she shall try to make all the decisions and finally when everything goes wrong she will dump it on her husband <coughs> saying what you will do this is nonsense because you are not meant to bear that burden this is part of the curse that is why in the new testament we have a word called submission do you understand okay do you understand and there is a word called authority if you don't follow submission or if you don't follow authority and you say you follow christ i'm sorry you're following a different god do you understand and part of that curse says he the husband shall rule over you this is also part of the curse forget the helper part do you understand that is why the husband is called to love unconditionally not rule love is that clear this is part and parcel of the redemption which Christ has saved us into am i making sense yes so that is a curse upon the woman yes curse upon the man and the earth that's a third who turn is to read can you read genesis 3:17 to 19 Then to Adam he said, "Because you have heeded the voice of your wife, and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, 'You shall not eat of cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field.'" In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground for you for out of it you were taken for dust you are and to dust you shall return yes so the ground is cursed because adam obeyed his wife and not god so there must be a connection do you understand because i would think adam is cursed but here it says curse is the ground for your sake do you, do you understand yes go to romans 8:18 to 22 so i'll be teaching you more about this when we come to the redemption part of it but i want you to understand this this principle there is yes why because it applies to the things you own also because adam was the authority over the ground yes and because of that the ground got cursed who disobeyed the ground or the adam adam did do you understand Yes so when you are redeemed you can redeem what is yours also 
That's why even the food that you eat, you consecrate to God. That's why you can even have poison and have it not affect you. Yes? Do, do you understand? Yes? Can you read uh, Romans uh, 8, 18-22? For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willing but not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Yes. Now does this passage in Romans 8 make sense? Do you understand? The creation is the ground, yes? Was cursed because of Adam. Now we can redeem it, yes? I'm not going to go into it further, right? But part of the curse, back to Genesis 3, is in toil you shall eat of it. Toil is a lack of provision. Toil is a lack of provision. That means God will not provide for you anymore, but to let the ground provide for you. Am, am I clear? Before that, who was providing? God was providing. Now, God is not providing directly, but indirectly through the ground. Am I clear? Yes? Thorns and thistles are unuseful and hurt, hurtful plants. Yes? Do you understand? If you have a thorn, it's not a good thing. Yes? Do you understand? Paul said, I have a thorn on my side. Yes? So it talks about desolation, suffering. Basically, it talks about evils. <clears throat> Do you understand? But when you work the ground to sustain yourself, you shall bring forth what? Thorns and thistles, yes? Go to Matthew 7, 16 to 17. You will know them by their fruit. Do men gather grapes from the thorns of things from thorns, uh, thistles. thistles. Even so, every good place bears, bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. Yes, so obviously thorns and thistles are bad. <laughs> Do you understand? Bad fruit, yes? Yes, and you will know them by their fruit, yes? yes? So are you bearing thorns and thistles or are you bearing fruit of the Spirit? Remember this question, yes? Go to John 19, 5. Then Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns, the purple robe, and Pilate said to them, Behold the man. Yes, so Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. So, Jesus 
took upon himself the thorns and thistles. That's what the crown of thorns symbolizes or means to us. Yes, go to Psalm 103 verse 4. Who redeems your life from destruction? Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy? Yes. Who redeems your life from destruction? Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies? So, instead of thorns and thistles, what does it give you? Loving, loving kindness and tender mercies. And he's taken upon himself the thorns and the thistles. And he's given us loving kindness and tender mercies. Why? Because the thorns and the thistles would what lead us to destruction. It says right there, yeah, in Psalm 103. Am I making sense? Yes? There was a substitution made. Can you read 2 Corinthians 5.21? For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Yes. So there was a substitution made. Yes? So this, instead of these thorns and thistles, if you're clothed in Christ, what, you, what do you get? Loving kindness and tender mercies. If you read Psalm 23, it says, Surely, surely, goodness and what? Mercy. mercy, not justice. Mercy. Tender mercies. That means you may be guilty, but God has mercy on you. Loving kindness and tender mercies. That's what we need. And that's what is being given to us by His atonement on the cross. Am I clear? Yes? Go to Proverbs 10, 22. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Yes. So, now do you understand the principle behind it? See, it's the blessing of the Lord. Once you are in Christ, then you have, you can enjoy this richness. Do you understand? And he adds no sorrow with it. Am I clear on this? Yes? Yes? Medita meditate on these scriptures, yeah? Yes. Now, let's go back to Genesis 3. Now, they, Adam and Eve were driven out of Eden, yes? Can you read 22 to 24, aren't you? And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from where he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turn every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Yes. So, they were kicked out of the Garden of Eden, yes? And to guard the tree of life, God put whom? Cherubim and a flaming sword. So, who is God guarding this tree of life from? 
not from Adam, but from the Elohim class of beings. Not from the carbon beings, not from humans, because we still have not found the tree of life, yes? We are still looking for the Garden of Eden. But the loving class of beings know where it is. Do you understand? That is why to stop man in the fallen state to be given a fruit from the tree of life by Satan, God put a God on it. Suppose Satan is able to access the tree of life. And he's going to, if he's going to take that fruit, then he can promise you that fruit. Yeah? Guess what? When you have it, you'll be in this state forever. State of sin. That's not a good thing. Then the redemption of Christ will not take effect. Am I clear? Yes? So this is why God put a cherubim and a flaming sword which turned every way. So, as humans, we can't access it, but this is for the Elohim class, to guard it from the Elohim class of beings. Am I clear in what I said? Yes? Go to 2 Timothy 1.10. But as now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to to light through the gospel. Yes. So, it's talking about Jesus Christ, yes? Yes? What has he bought? Light. Through what? Through the gospel. Through the gospel. How does the gospel come? No, by you speaking, by the preaching of it, yes? Now, what has Jesus done? He's abolished death and he's bought life. Yes? So, this is the tree of life. Jesus has bought life. Am I make, are you making the connection? Yes? Yes, I'll st- speak more about this later. Yes? When the time comes and when, when I'm speaking about redemption, yes? Am I making sense right now? Yes? But coming back to what I said earlier, if you don't have a relationship with God and all you know is the word of God, you're doomed. You need to have knowledge of the word of God but you also need to know his voice. You need to encounter God. There has to be a fruit and everybody will know you by the fruit. As for me, I will be healed. I'm not worried about this. Right now you can say a thousand million things. The man of God who point out my faults. I must have done this, I must have done that. Not one of them not one of them is saying that maybe I stepped out of my calling and this is a result of something I did which I shouldn't have done. 
as far as the battle is concerned. Do you understand? Could it be the lack of faith? I don't know. Do you want? Do you understand? Yes. See, I'm trying to help you avoid these mistakes, so you don't have to go through what I went through. Maybe if I learn to walk by faith, maybe all the things are good when you look back. 2020 vision, like I said. When the doctors told me I had a heart attack, I could have walked away. And I would have still had those slippers. Do you understand? I know I wouldn't have died, yeah? But I can say a lot of things looking back. But I must avoid that in the future. And not only that, if healing is promised in the cross of Calvary, then... Why am I not experiencing it? It must be real. I believe it is promised. It is part of the salvation package. I am not a cessationist. I am not a Calvinist. Do you understand? So, I need to pursue this. Pursue God. Do you want to come to a good understanding of this? But I'm not going to lose hope of this, of what God did. And just because something bad has happened to me does not change who God is. Am I making sense? And this kind of thinking can only come if you have a relationship with God. Not with a spooky God or not with a clinical God. You must have a balance. You must have the word of God and you must hear his voice. Do you, do you understand? Yes? You can also pray for my healing. Yes? So, yes, Pastor. Yes, Pastor. You can do that. Yes? Do you understand? Yes? A lot of people, because of their wounds, of because of their offense, say that this is stopped. Healing does not happen. I'm sorry. It's too late for me to believe that because it's happened already. You were there when the Lord turned the water into wine, yes? Or into the medicine that people needed. Whatever. A person called it brandy, yeah? Twice. Lot of miracle. Yes? You were in the ICU. The Lord got you out of the ICU. Do you understand? A lot of things are there. We go through, we are better for it. But this is not from the Lord. You understand the difference, yes? The Lord doesn't send sickness your way to make you better. You walk out of the umbrella, you get wet. You understand what I'm saying, yes? So, that's all prayer. Thank you for tuning in. We hope that you were blessed with our Sunday sermon from the Coaching Lampstand. See you next week. God bless you.